0: after that, but I'll try not to go too long. If you've got your copy of God's Word, I want you, if you would please, to go to the, the book of Acts, the book of Acts and find the 16th chapter. I think most of us struggle from time to time with maintaining a grateful heart. I understand even Snoopy has trouble with that. Check out this cartoon. It says, how about that? Everyone's eating turkey today, but just because I'm a dog, I get dog food. (laughs) Of course, it might have been worse. I could have been a turkey. We feel like Snoopy sometimes. We're blessed, but we think we're not blessed enough. And once Snoopy had a change in his thinking, his outlook changed, and he realized just that he had it a lot better than he thought. Honestly, sometimes we need to change our outlook as well. Why? Because we focus too much on what we don't have rather than what we do have. And as you may know, we're in a series right now that we've called Notable Nights in the Bible, uh, things that happened at night that are worth noting. And we're going to be in that series again today. And this morning, we're going to be spending time and visiting with Paul and Silas as they spent a night in jail. You'll find the story in Acts chapter 16. And we're going to begin reading at verse 16 and read down through verse 34. As we think about the whole idea of thanksgiving today, as we think about gratefulness, we're going to learn some lessons, I believe, from this passage. Familiar passage to many, I'm sure. But try to listen as if you've never heard it before. Acts 16, verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. So can you kind of get the picture? They're going about this little girl who obviously is, has a demon demon-possessed, is, is crying out behind them. She did this for many days, it says in verse 18. But Paul, I find this next phrase interesting, greatly annoyed. <laughs> but Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And He came out that very hour. Glorious thing here. This little girl's delivered. But it says in verse 19, but when her master saw That their hope of profit was gone. That's all they cared about. Not the little girl. Not her life. The profit. Their money. They saw it was gone. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities and they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Verse 25 says says, But at midnight, but at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The greatest question there. And now here comes the answer. So they said, verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And by the way, that's still the answer today. For you and your home is for the members of your family to believe on the Lord Jesus. Verse 32 says, And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, He set food before them and he rejoiced having believed in God with all of his household. Now we're only going to have time to scratch the surface in this passage. I, I think we could spend a couple of weeks just looking at the verses that we read. This is a wonderful passage, a powerful passage, and so many things we could talk about here. But you get the idea of what's going on. Paul and Silas are suffering for doing good. They delivered this poor little girl, out of demonic possession. And for their reward, they were beaten and they were thrown into prison. They put their feet in stocks and they were put in the maximum security area of the prison. And then I think we have one of the most remarkable verses in all of the Bible, and it's verse number 25. And it's where I want us to spend the bulk of our time today. I find it interesting. It says, but at midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Here we have praise and prayer in prison. Now, I know this is a Thanksgiving service and maybe you're wondering, well, why doesn't the passage that we're looking at today, why doesn't it have or mention Thanksgiving? Well, really, it's here. It is here. In the midst of their suffering, we find them praising the Lord and singing to the Lord. And I agree with an unknown author who wrote, thanksgiving and praise always go together. We cannot adequately praise and worship God without also being thankful. It was a thankful heart in Paul and Silas that brought about this praising the Lord, these songs and these prayers in the midst of the prison. Someone with a grateful heart praises the Lord. If you're praising the Lord, it's a good sign you've got a grateful heart. Praise and thanksgiving always go together. Lynn Pryor described it this way We praise God for who He is, and we thank God for what He does. And so today we've come to offer praise and thanksgiving. We praise the Lord for who He is, and we thank God for what He's done in our lives. Now, as we think about Paul and Silas here, I want to give you this morning four suggestions for developing a grateful heart. Four suggestions for developing a grateful heart. Now, I hope you already have a grateful heart. But what I found is when it comes to Thanksgiving, we can always do better, it seems, right? There's always more we could be thankful for. We want to develop our grateful hearts. Just as we might go out and exercise and develop our physical heart, this morning I want us to develop, to strengthen, to work out, our spiritual heart, if you will. So four suggestions for developing a grateful heart. You might want to jot these down. We'll go through them relatively quickly today. But four suggestions for developing a grateful heart. Are you ready for number one? Don't wait until things are perfect to praise and thank the Lord. Don't wait until things are perfect to praise and thank the Lord. Oh, if things were only going perfectly then I would be grateful. We see it all the time on TV, don't we? In magazines, in advertisements, there's the perfect family, in a perfect house, at a perfect table, with a perfect Thanksgiving meal, with everyone smiling. Everyone's dressed nicely. There's not, Nothing's wrong in the picture. But what's wrong with that? It's perfect. No, it's a lie. It's a lie. There are no perfect families, no perfect homes, no perfect meals. And very rarely in a family is everybody smiling and happy, right? Somebody's upset about something. And yet we look at that and say, oh, if only my life were like that, then I would be grateful. Listen, if you're going to wait to praise and thank the Lord until everything in your life is going perfectly and everything's just wonderful, you're never going to praise the Lord until you get to heaven. Because only in heaven are you going to be perfect. Only in heaven is everything going to be right. Down here we live in a broken world and broken people and broken things. And if we wait until things are perfect, we're not going to have a grateful heart. And so suggestion number one is don't wait until things are perfect to praise and thank the Lord. But now suggestion number two, don't even wait until things are good to praise and thank the Lord. Now, we can accept the first suggestion. I mean, we know things aren't going to be perfect, but now you're saying, don't even wait till things are good? Well, think about this passage here. We see Paul and Silas. They're in jail. Their feet are in stocks. They've been beaten. They were bruised. They were hurting, possibly bleeding, in a miserable jail. Just imagine the smells there of human waste and the cries of those around them in agony and their feet are in chains. Things are not perfect. This is not a hallmark moment for them. In fact, things are not even good for them, practically speaking. They're in a terrible place, suffering because they did what was right. I mean, when you see this picture, this was not Otis sleeping off his moonshine buzz in the Mayberry Jail waiting for Aunt Bee's fried chicken. That's not what's going on here. It was miserable. It was horrible. It was horrific. And they'd done nothing to deserve this. They were suffering because they had delivered this little girl in the name of Jesus. But in the midst of that, they sang. They sang. I love what Clarence McCartney wrote. Listen, he said it would have been a great thing to have heard Paul preach. Imagine that to have stood near him when he preached to the philosophers on Mars Hill or in the governor's palace at Caesarea when Felix trembled at his preaching and Agrippa cried out, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. But still more, I would like to have heard Paul sing. For when a man sings, there's an expression of his soul that no other utterance can give. We think about our own country. We think about our forefathers. We think about the pilgrims so long ago in early America. Westermeyer wrote this about them: "The pilgrims made seven times more graves than huts. Nevertheless, they set aside a day of thanksgiving." Don't just wait till things are good to praise the Lord and thank the Lord. Things don't have to be good. Why? Because He is always worthy of praise and thanksgiving because of who He is. In fact, can I just tell you today, if the Lord never did anything else for us, if He stopped right now and never did another thing for us, we should still praise and thank Him for all eternity. Because He is worthy. Don't wait until things are perfect. Don't wait even until things are good. But there's a third suggestion. I want you to notice it here from this passage. Don't underestimate the impact that your praise and thanksgiving has on others. Don't underestimate the impact that your praise and thanksgiving has on others. Did you notice the end of verse 25 it talked about that they were praying, they were praising. It says there that the prisoners... We're listening to them. I imagine their voices as they were singing there, they begin to kind of echo throughout that place. I imagine they're in prison with some hardened people, some hurting people, broken people. I imagine that Paul and Silas had some hecklers that night, don't you? They're out there singing. Oh, hush! Be quiet! Maybe even worse words. Stop singing! Stop singing! Stop praying! And yet they sang on. I really wonder, the passage doesn't tell us, but I wonder if maybe some of the prisoners that were there that night might be in heaven right now, praising the Lord, because they heard Paul and Silas praying and singing. Perhaps they overheard what Paul told the jailer about him and his family. Perhaps there are others who trusted Jesus We know the jailer did. We know his family did. And can I just remind you this morning that when you as a Christian, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of pain, in the midst of trouble, when you live a life of gratefulness, when you live a life of thanksgiving, when you praise the Lord and you just rejoice in the Lord in the midst of hard times, that is a powerful testimony of the goodness of God to other people that see and hear you. thats faith on display. You know, it's easy. It's so easy, is it not, to, to praise the Lord when the sun is shining and the birds are singing and there's a spring in your step. But what about when the storms are raging and the birds are hiding and you can barely take another step? When you praise the Lord in that situation, what a testimony. You're really saying something. That's truly walking by faith and not by sight. We're to praise the Lord. And our praise has an impact upon other people. Yes, it has an impact upon the lost, but likewise it has an impact upon our brothers and sisters in Christ. We heard praises this morning during our our prayer time. Our brother talking about now he had surgery. can see. We rejoiced in that. We praised the Lord on His behalf. And with him in praising. And the same is true when you are grateful, when you're praising the Lord, others join in. By the way, do you ever notice that the opposite's true? When someone starts complaining, it's very easy for others to join in. I hope the opposite's true as well when someone starts praising. I know it is. It's so much easier for you to join in with their praise. But there's a fourth and final suggestion. I don't want you to miss this one. Don't forget the impact your praise and thanksgiving has upon your own life. Don't forget the impact that your praise and thanksgiving has on your own life. Paul and Silas' singing gave way to a rumbling and a crumbling as an earthquake came and opened the prison doors and everybody's chains fell off. Amazing stuff. I would have loved to heard that song, wouldn't you? <laughs> it caused an earthquake. You say, "Well, preacher, I'm not really needing an earthquake. Well that's okay. <clears throat> your deliverance may be of another sort. But what I'm trying to say to you is this, beloved, your praise and thanksgiving changes you. It changes you for the good. It changes your life for the better. When you have a grateful heart, it impacts your life. It impacts you physically. It's a scientific fact. I found this interesting. This is from a Mayo Clinic Health System article. Are you ready for this? Those in the medical field, maybe you'll perk up. You'll listen. Expressing gratitude is associated with a host of mental and physical benefits. Studies have shown that feeling thankful... Now listen. Feeling thankful can improve sleep, mood, and immunity. Gratitude can decrease depression, anxiety difficulties with the chronic pain and risk of disease. They wrote if a pill that could do this, if, if, if there were a pill that could do this, everyone would be taking it. But by the way, you don't, need, you don't need your health plan. You don't need your, your prescription card. You don't need any of that. You can today praise the Lord and it literally has a physical impact upon you. I like what Melody Beattie said. She said, gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates vision for tomorrow. Gratitude, gratefulness, has a positive impact upon you. When you're thankful, when you're grateful, think about it. You've had this in your own life. Think about the day when everything's going bad and you start complaining. You get down. And you say, I have no energy. I can't go. I can't put another foot in front of another.
1: <sighs>
0: but then we change our thinking. Say, well, that not good, but boy, look at all this that is. Look at how God has blessed me. Look at how God is with me even in the midst of these trials. Look at how He says, I don't have to bear these alone. I can cast them all upon Him for He cares for me. Oh, He's blessed me so much. And you begin to get a joy and all of a sudden the lethargy gives way to energy and you begin to see things from a much more positive light and you feel better. You, you don't stay awake half the night tossing and turning and worried and fretful. You sleep peacefully knowing that God never slumbers nor sleeps. He, he's awake. He's taking care of those things. It has a positive impact upon your life. And can I encourage you to remember this? as a positive impact in your home. Parents, don't forget you're studying the tone in your home what you say, how you act, how you speak. If, if all you do is complain about what you don't have or what somebody else has, you're teaching your children to do the same. But when you keep pointing them to Jesus and saying, look how God has blessed us. Look how God has helped us. Look how God has taken care of us. Look at all the good things God has brought in our life. You're teaching them to walk in faith and obedience with thanksgiving in their hearts. Our words are so powerful. Our words carry such weight. And they not only impact other people, our words impact ourselves. And by the way, you talk to yourself more than anybody else in the world. Did you know that? And you're not crazy for doing that. All of us do. And we live in a world where you can get away with it even walking in the store. You just pop a little AirPod uh, in your ear. You could talk to yourself all day. You could drive around. Nobody thinks differently about it now. The worst thing is when I'm in a store and somebody says, hello, and I think they are talking to me. And I say, hello, and they're talking to somebody else. <laughs> Thanksgiving has an impact upon you and your life. It will help you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. But only if you do it. Oh, that's the hard thing, isn't it? You go to the doctor. I was at my doctor this past week for a checkup. You go to the doctor and your doctor gives you instructions. Yeah, yeah. You know what I found out about that? It only works if you do it. Hearing it's not enough. This only works if you do it. Are you thankful this morning? Are you grateful this morning? I mean really thankful. I've been working on this in my life lately. And I want to encourage you to find some way. And I think everybody can have their own way of doing this. And I'll give you just a couple of suggestions. But but find some way where you build praise and thanksgiving into your life every day. At some point. Now, already you probably have three opportunities. I mean, if you pray, you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Some may have five opportunities. I don't know with that. But... Um, those are already built in, but I, I want to encourage you to find some place, some time in your life, sometime each day to build in praise and thanksgiving. It could be a gratitude journal if you're into that. Some people are wired that way, some aren't. Where you just write a sentence or two every day of what you're thankful for. Uh, it could be a morning prayer as you wake up. It could be an evening prayer before you go to bed. It could be a song that you sing to the Lord. It could be a song that you listen to and you worship along with. But to incorporate something... It could be just a sheet of paper where you write down. It could be a bowl or a jar where you write something and throw it in there. It could be your Thanksgiving jar. Whatever it could be. But your choice. But do something. Build something into your life. It could be a a note on your phone. It could be a reminder that pops up. There might even be an app. I don't know. I didn't research it. But some way where every day you're reminded to at least stop for a moment and look up and say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blessings on me. And do that every single day. Now, we're going to get you started this morning. We started this years ago. I don't remember what year it was. And I did not necessarily intend for this to keep going on year after year. But we have our Thanksgiving tree. And every year since that first time we did it, now I think it's one of the best things we do as a church family, we take time in the middle of a service like this we give you one of those tags that you have on your pew. And we want you this morning to take some time and just write a note, not to me, not to anybody else, but to write a note to the Lord. And it's a note of thanksgiving, it's a note of gratitude. Nobody else, we're not going to read it out loud or anything. It's just you're going to write it out and you are going to come and hang it on our tree. And we're going to have a beautiful Thanksgiving tree this morning. We'll have it again next week. It'll eventually transition into our Christmas tree. But I love this Thanksgiving tree. And I do love this tradition that we started here. And I want to encourage you as you write out today to really give some thought and write it out and maybe pray it back to the Lord and then as an act of worship come and hang it on this tree. Now here's what I want to ask you to do. Listen very carefully. I'm going to ask you today not to be talking. I know it's, it's good to hear your fellowship, but I want this to be a worshipful time. We're going to give plenty of time for folks to write out their thanksgiving and to hang it on the tree. And then after you've hung yours, in the tree, I want you just to go back and just sit quietly and just thank the Lord. And then after we've had a time of allowing everybody who wants to participate, and by the way, everyone's welcome. If you're here for the first time or you've been in your whole life, everybody we want you to participate today. Boys and girls, you write out your thanksgiving and then you come and fill this tree with praise and thanksgiving toward our Lord. I'll give you a few minutes to do that. And again, if you will not talk today, but just come and then return quietly. And then we'll
1: sing when we're all done.